0: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to keep up with our episodes twice a week. Also, if you want to take two minutes to write a five-star review, that would help us out so much. Thank you in advance. All right, on today's show, if you've ever wondered what the heck people are talking about when they say things like passive income sources or diversifying your revenue streams, or you've just felt honestly overwhelmed by the concept, even, or even if you understand it, today's episode is going to hopefully help you out big time. Today, we break down over nine ways you can diversify your business model and create multiple income streams. Basically, this is a short and snappy episode to pump you full of ideas that you can begin to run with. The reality is having all of your income coming from just one source can be a little bit high risk, as I think we've all seen, honestly, from COVID and the complete shutdown of most in-person businesses and activities in the entire year of 2020. So this episode is hopefully just a kickstart show full of ideas to help you get your wheels turning and start generating those income streams. So if you're ready for even more financial freedom and stability, keep listening. (laughs)
1: then buckle up cuz here are your hosts Evie and Lindsay Hello friend welcome back to today's show I'm so excited about this episode Lindsay and I are big proponents and fans of diversifying your revenue streams creating you know multiple streams of income kind of diversifying your business models just having like I don't know a, a lot more of a widespread like found i'm I'm picturing like a, you don't want all
0: your eggs in one basket it's like oh yeah
1: yeah that's huh. that's a better way yeah but it was like i'm picturing like a chair and instead of having like a one-legged stool you want to have like three or four legs that you can prop yourself up on. i don't
0: know if that was the best analogy you could have used i mean it's, it's what i went with so but i mean i think the reality is 2020 taught us a really good example of if all of your money that you are making a living on is coming from one source, whether it's your normal, if you're an entrepreneur, it's your business. Or if you are nine to five, it's your normal corporate job. It doesn't mean corporate, but just like normal salary. If all of your money that you're living on is coming just from that, what happens when and if that does not no longer exist? Yeah. Like this is almost like worst case scenario, right? Like we don't want to live in fear, but we also want to be smart and resourceful with our money and just with our lives. And we don't want to put literally all of our eggs in one basket. We want to spread those eggs out in a lot of different ways, have money coming in from a lot of different avenues. That way, if one of those avenues just goes down in the market or gets cut off completely, you're not out of luck. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think we could talk about like having an emergency fund and all that stuff in case of, you know, worst case scenario
0: or whatever. But no, we really should do an episode on that because people do not have emergency funds. Yep. But that's not the point of today's episode. <laughs> today's no. episode we're going to give you a bunch of
1: ideas of different ways to create new income streams. So we just have a list. I don't feel like... Today's episode is going to be crazy long. I think we're just going to go down the list and basically pump you full of ideas that hopefully spark some creativity, some ideas, some things that you can begin to look into or just start. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like I it's am too. Be really well, fun. I
0: think I think a lot of it hopefully is things that you haven't even thought about or considered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cuz I think most of like our first few ones are like what you've probably have considered, but then just like, wait. All right, let's yeah. get into it. Okay. <laughs> Number one
1: is going to be sell a physical product. That can look like opening up an Etsy shop, can become like a, a seller on Amazon and, you know, source outfits and then, or outfits, what am I saying? Source products and wholesale them and then sell them on Amazon, something like that. Just selling a physical product in general.
0: Yeah. And if you don't want to buy the physical product at Wholesale and then mark it up to sell, you could literally make some, like... I mean, there's like a myriad of, of there's people. There's so much that could go into you could this paint list. <laughs> if you're a painter, you could yeah. knit and then sell your knit stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could uh make macrame, you could make little uh beads, bead yeah. necklaces. You could do so many things. Like if you have a talent or an interest or a skill, um and you want to sell that online, that's another way to make money.
1: Yeah. Well, also within this physical product. I don't know if this would go under physical product or under affiliate, which will come later, but you could work for a a company like um Beauty Counter or or something where you're selling somebody else's product like a uh, uh, essential oils, like work for doTERRA, kind of like Young Living. Yeah, you could work for something like that and and stuff like that you don't necessarily have to, you know, sell directly to all of social media or every friend on Facebook or whatever, you could have a group of like your family and friends who purchase through you because they want those products anyways. So you could find ways to make something like that work as well if you're putting it under selling a physical product.
0: Oh, sure. All right, number two is provide a service. Um, I know a good chunk of our audience is probably in the service-based industry, especially creative entrepreneurs like photographers, wedding industry people, designers, hmm. like... All of that. So this is probably the one that you're like, duh. Um but but <laughs> there's there's different ways to do this. So you could consult with people mm-hmm. and teach what you know, which is still a service. You could do photo or video editing. Like yeah. that's a really great model if you don't want to have a photographer oh, I say that weird a photography business of your own. Or you could do if you do. We
1: also have to keep in mind oh, yeah. you can continue to diversify if you do have a photography business but you're not fully booked yep. yet. Offer your photo or video editing services or whatever to other photographers who need an editor, you know, or mm-hmm. same with virtual assisting or something like that. Even if you have your own business, you can still offer other services yeah. on the side that allow for new income streams.
0: Especially if like your main business isn't like popping yeah. at, the, at the time. Like yep. it's really smart to diversify in that way.
1: Yeah. Also, under providing a service is kind of some, some, out-of-the-box ideas, but this hopefully is sparking ideas for you. Become a shopper with Instacart and, you know, earn a good chunk of change here and there on the weekends or the evenings or whatever. Drive for Uber or Lyft. You know, there are ways to provide services outside of potentially your other business models or whatnot. So you're Mm -hmm. getting income streams on the side that are, you know, just diversifying what you have in your portfolio.
0: Yeah, I think uh, another one I can think of is social media management. So like if you're really, really talented, even if you do this for your own business at um, writing captions, taking photos, making graphics, like if you're just really good at social media in general, maybe mm-hmm. start doing freelance and, and start doing that for other businesses or other other people as well. Um, yeah. There's a lot that could go under providing a service, but hopefully that just gives you a few ideas um, to spark your creativity. Creativity. Yes. Okay. (laughs)
1: Number three is going to be sell a digital product. So this could look like selling some guides. If Again, if you're good at social media management, why don't you create some guides to help people learn? Do it themselves. Yeah. How to do it themselves. Or if you're really good with Canva or Photoshop or something, you know, beginner's guide to understanding Photoshop. And, you know, you can sell something like that. You could sell a template that's like Excel spreadsheet templates and formulas that most people won't want to figure out on their own, but you could sell something like that. You know, think Mm -hmm. through the skills that you have also with this, if you love working in like Procreate and doing graphic design or anything like that, create some designs and then sell them as prints on, you know, Etsy or or something else where people can purchase them and then print them out and hang them up in their house or, or whatnot. It's almost
0: combining digital and physical.
1: Yeah. And you could also do the same with photos. If you're a landscape photographer or have really pretty photos or whatnot, you could also sell, you know, those prints. That download on or like Etsy. fine art prints. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think through selling a digital product in in that way, and I guarantee there are so many things that could fit under this category. Yeah.
0: I also want to be devil's advocate for a second for anyone that's thinking like, oh, okay, well, I'm really good in like like one of the examples I've said was like Photoshop. Do a do a PDF guide on how like all the hacks and whatever in Photoshop, and you could be like well, dude, like people could just Google that for free on YouTube. Yes, they could. However, it would probably take a crap long, lot of time Mm -hmm. to search the specific thing that they're looking for. Like all a paid product is, especially a paid digital product like that is basically you doing the hard work of accumulating like all of that hard knowledge, like that that they could find technically for free on the internet, Mm -hmm. but you're doing that hard work for them and then just giving them a guide that's like, here's how to do Photoshop 101. Here you go. Um, so just wanted to say that just in case anyone's like negating an idea that's coming to your brain, don't negate it. Like you can do this. Yep. Just pick a skill that you are talented at and that you know really well that other people want to know and then turn that into a digital product. Yep. Hmm. okay and then number four (laughs) comes really a great segue to number four yes
1: is going to be create and sell an online course and that could be something so short and simple of here's how to beginner's guide to learning photoshop Photoshop. and (laughs) it literally could be
0: the same thing you could have you here's what you could do you could do a mini guide which is just like maybe like a pdf that's like 30 bucks and it's like the beginner and then you could have like maybe a $100 course that's like in depth. Yeah. Like so many options. Get creative. Get
1: creative with what you create here. But also be aware that you're actually providing people. Be careful that you are providing people value and something that is actually worth their money. Don't just try to create something so you can earn more money and then people get screwed over. So. Right.
0: (laughs) I also want to say with courses, they don't, I think when people think of online courses, they think of like the big, huge, meaty ones. Like our photo major is pretty meaty. It's like huge. That doesn't, every single online course, one doesn't have to be like even business related because like ours teaches photography business, but it also doesn't have to be big. Like Mm -hmm. it could literally be like a 30-minute video tutorial course. It could be maybe more than 30 minutes, but whatever. It could be short like that on how to teach, how to knit a certain pattern. Yeah. Like, it could be literally anything under the sun that other people want to learn that you are skilled at that you could teach other people to do. I mean, there are courses out there on how to sleep train your baby, like
1: taking care of babies. Like, there is stuff out there on how to sleep train your babies, how to, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. If you, you know, if you have resources on how to be a mom and an entrepreneur or whatever. There's, there's stuff that you could create and do. Yep.
0: All right. Number five is one-on-one coaching. So again, whether you have an expertise, whether you're skilled in business or knitting or motherhood or sleep training, whatever it is, teaching others what you know and consulting with them. So this looks like more one-on-one coaching. Um, You could do that in addition to, like, selling an online course or having a digital product. But it is another avenue of making money than just online courses. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready, I think, honestly,
1: coaching before creating an online course is not a bad idea. Yeah. Because it really helps you hone in on your messaging and your verbiage and understanding what your ideal audience is needing to hear. I did mentor sessions for years before i got into like creating online course or anything like that Lindsay obviously as well so it really helped us know exactly what we were saying and who we were saying it to how they received it best you know what the common questions were all of that Mm so it's not a bad idea to start with one-on-one coaching and then go into more of like creating an online course
0: yep all right okay (laughs) number six This is a fun one that has a lot of variations to it. Real estate. Mm. Now, I don't want you to hide in a corner when you hear that. Uh, Because I think before I, like, started getting into it slowly, I I was like, real estate? Like, I just didn't know anything. Scary (laughs)
1: monster. Right. I didn't
0: know anything. And I still don't, like, know hardly anything. But, like, it's just, like, you dive into the world and it's, like so much fun and it's it's yeah. a really great avenue for wealth building so yeah uh evie do you want to dive into like a couple of them and then i can well yeah. maybe i should dive into the because some of these words you wrote down i don't even know what they mean oh i okay. <laughs> so don't even know
1: okay well i can i'm i'm a little bit i think of a nerd on some real
0: estate stuff so Here you, th- some of the words are i'll do dirty. i'll do the first one you do this okay i'll do the first one okay the first one is obviously flipping yeah so oh wait no i remember now what all these mean okay whatever You can still talk. Uh, Anyways, the first one is flipping houses. So what that means is it's really, it's buying a house and then buying like a rundown house. Fixer upper, often one that's under foreclosure or HUD
1: housing or something.
0: It's basically, if you've seen the show Fixer Upper, that's literally what it is. But Mm -hmm. it's flipping a house and renovating it right after you buy it. Usually, I think flipping usually is like 90 days. Like they're pretty fast because the point is to buy something cheap, renovate it, to sell up the value of the house and then sell it at a higher value and then ideally you can do this alone or you can do this with investors yep. um depending on how much money you have and just what your priorities are but usually like there's wealth building in that process because you're getting you're getting a value back after you renovate the house yeah
1: then there's wholesaling so wholesaling is essentially playing a middleman to the investors and the people wanting to sell their house. So it's going around and finding these old rundown properties or just properties in general where, you know, people might be interested in selling that apartment complex or that house or whatnot and getting that owner's interest in selling, potentially getting them under a contract and then turning around and flipping that contract over to an investor. So it's a, it's a little bit of a more niche and like unknown way of, doing real estate, but you can typically do it with very low capital investment. So you don't need a ton of money to kind of dive into wholesaling. So that's one method of Mm -hmm. real estate. There's so many. (laughs) There is. Photographers, listen up. Do you struggle with editing in Lightroom? Are you confused as heck about organizing catalogs, backing up your images? Calling takes you actual ages, and editing as a whole just leaves you feeling discouraged and frustrated, and maybe bored too. If that is you, consider us a Santa on Christmas morning because we have a completely free. Lightroom challenge for you that walks you through everything we just mentioned, including a bunch of tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier and faster.
0: The challenge includes five videos, roughly 30 to 50 minutes each of Evie and I tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We cover our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game, and we teach you how we import Cole, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You don't want to miss this challenge, my friend. And if your editing needs a refresh and you just want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. Sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge, and we can't wait to see you there. Do you feel like every time you send an email to an inquiring client, there's crickets? You're never getting clients to respond back to you. And you're just sitting there like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Well, my friend, we're about to solve your problem full free. Did you know that the most important part of the very first email you send an inquiry is your pricing guide? (gasps) Yeah, it's true.
1: (laughs) Yes. And your pricing guide should be an avalanche of professional excellence, details, problem solving, and information for your ideal client. They should walk away from that pricing guide asking, where the heck has this person been in my whole life? Now, if your pricing guide isn't leaving your clients in awe, then you need to change it. Now, we are about to help you do just that with our free guide, Seven Essentials to Include in Your Pricing Guide. If you are ready to level up and prove your value to your clients, you need this. Head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie to
0: snag it. TheHeartUniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie. The next one I think a lot of people know is short-term vacation rentals, typically like Airbnb. You don't even have to say like vacation rentals. It could just be short-term rentals. Um, Basically buying a house and then whether it's your own house or buying like an investment property and then turning it into an Airbnb to make money via short-term rentals. Um, And then I guess the the flip flip side of that (laughs) would be... Long-term, long-term rental, which is like a tenant or just having a lease, mm-hmm. you know, basically you're not short-term, you're now long-term. Yeah, and with long-term
1: rentals, there's, you know, that's typically residential. You can also go into commercial real estate. So, yeah. you know, purchasing a, a strip mall or, you know, something where – or or a a retail space in purchasing a downtown. Purchasing a strip mall? Yeah, I mean you can, and then you rent yeah, them, true. lease them out to other people. <laughs> and I
0: don't then know the if I'm <laughs> of the of the monetary uh, point in my life to buy a strip mall. <laughs>
1: well, anyways, commercial is just typically retail spaces or you know commercial real estate where you then le- re- lease it out or rent it out to your tenants. Yep. Okay, and then the last one is syndication, which is essentially like crowdfunding investors for different properties so you can either be the investor in that syndication or if you have the experience or anything you could be the syndicate runner, where basically you're getting all these investors to put in cash for a big investment, you know, say a a large apartment complex or something like that. It's really great way for you as an investor to not have all the responsibility of actually running the, the investment property, but you still get to put your money in. And then you have, you know, terms and conditions where you get, Percentage back every month or at the end of the year or when they sell the property or something like that. So, syndication is also an opportunity that you can look into to have, you know, it's typically high capital, but low risk for the investors.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to number seven, investing. This is probably, maybe even more so than real estate, the one that like people are like cringe, like super, like if you just don't know anything about investing. It can be super scary, but it's a really great avenue to start researching and to start looking into. And I would highly recommend, before we even say anything, getting a financial advisor to help you, or an accountant, or both, honestly, to walk you through all of your options that you have for investing. So whether it's like a retirement fund, uh, a Roth IRA. Uh, you could invest in cryptocurrency, which is a whole like dive into. I don't even know anything about it, but I know <laughs> that is uh, one avenue that people invest in, mm-hmm. like Bitcoin. And I don't even know if there's there's probably others. Oh, there's tons of others, but yeah, I just don't understand <laughs> the concept of it. Like, and I almost don't want to, but I know it's can be lucrative. <laughs>
1: If you don't know what cryptocurrency is, go Google it. It's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yes. And then mutual funds are another great way. And, you know, stocks and and stocks and bonds and stuff like that are other great ways. My biggest encouragement, you can do a lot of Googling. You can watch YouTube videos from financial advisors giving you ideas, but, you know, I would say if you can get a financial advisor, if you're in the stage where you're ready to start investing into stuff, get a financial advisor who can help kind of guide you through a lot of this. This will be a lot easier for you. Yeah. And on average, a, a good financial advisor typically takes like 1% of your, your profits or whatever from the investments, but it's worth it to make sure you're in the right investments.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, I was going to tell a joke. Uh, just in case anybody is feeling like I, like you don't know anything about investing, don't worry. You're not alone. <laughs> oh, no oh, I, no. oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it was last year, me and Evie, uh, we were on a shoot with Brady Clayton, and our videographer, and Landon. And I don't even know what y'all were talking about, like the stocks. Yeah. And you were talking about the Dow something. <laughs> Just say what the freaking name is. The Dow Jones. Dow Jones. And they were talking, I think Landon and Brady were talking about Dow Jones. And I literally go, who's Dow Jones? As if like, like, who's the person? Like, who's Dow Jones? That was great. And then they were like, it's the stocks. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, Like, I know what stocks are. Like, yeah, you can have a little piece of Apple or like Chick-fil-A or like whatever. I get it. I get stocks. But like, they were like Dow Jones. And I had never in my life heard that name. So you're not alone. (laughs) We're all learning. And yet, we are still all I, here I am. We have a Roth IRA. Like, we have, mm-hmm. I think, an IRA and a Roth IRA. And we're, or no, a 401k. I don't know. We, we are <laughs> set and prepped. Andrew and my accountant talk about it, and I'm vaguely aware. And you're I like, I honestly yes. should become more aware.
1: Yeah. I think there's always more. There that, is. That awareness and more diversification, more investments. There's just always more you can do. So
0: oh, if, if you just now listening to this. Just figured out what Dow Jones means? Or is it Dow or I can't even, I don't even remember. It's Dow, I believe, D-O-W. Have you just figured out what Dow Jones is? (laughs) Honey, you are not alone. (laughs) Also, go Google it. Hey, it's okay. I barely knew
1: what it was. So, theres you're fine.
0: They ripped me apart in that car, though, for not knowing.
1: Brady and Landon were were shredding her, and I was just cracking up and filming the whole thing. It was delightful. Anyways. (laughs) All right, moving on. (laughs) Number eight is going to be affiliate marketing. So... You can become an Amazon affiliate. It doesn't matter how many, you know, followers you have or whatnot. You can affiliate your links through Amazon and earn a little commission off of whatever you're promoting. You can become an influencer or if you are already partner with other brands where they pay you to promote their products. Uh, you can do affiliate marketing with, you know, other small businesses like Think about the products that you use and love and then try to connect with those companies to see if they have an affiliate program.
0: An example um, that we both use is Gigi Pip. Those are the Mm -hmm. hats that we always wear. We love them so freaking much. Uh, We both use HoneyBook in our business and we affiliate them because literally it's a lifesaver. Um, The other ones that I can think of just off the top of my bat are like, I know Lulu's, which is the clothing online brand, has an affiliate program. I know Primarily Pure, which is like a natural face skin company, skincare company. Um, there's like a, there's a literally so many more out there that have affiliate programs. So yeah, like Evie said, my encouragement to you is to think like write a list down of everything that you use in business and then everything that you use in like your lifestyle and start Googling those companies and see if they have an affiliate program. Um, because often you'll be surprised like a lot of them do. Yep. And
1: even if you're earning, you know, 20, 50, 100 bucks a year or something off of those affiliate, that's still a little something that you're earning that you wouldn't have earned otherwise. So, yep, exactly. pay attention to that stuff. Okay. (laughs) And then number nine, last but not least, is taking online surveys or transcribing things online or basically just remote work from home jobs. There are so many of those options. You know, if you're wanting, you can literally just type from home and transcribe different videos or podcasts or different things for money. Um, websites like transcribe anywhere or babble type or whatever, where you can earn, I think it's like 10 to 30 bucks an hour, just transcribing stuff online. So that's a great option. You know, you can take surveys online and the companies will pay you places like Swagbucks or inbox dollars or whatever, just Google stuff like this, make sure it's a legit company and you know what you're working with and you're actually going to get paid. But there are great options like that, you know, to, Earn thirty bucks an hour to type? Are you kidding me? Like, heck yeah! Um, no degree or training necessarily required. Typically, you just work with the company. They put you through like a small like video slash typing speed test, whatever, and then you just start working for them.
0: Yeah. So that is all nine. Let me just recap real fast. Number one was selling a physical product. Number two, providing a service. Number three, selling a digital product. Number four, creating and selling an online course. Number five, coaching, one-on-one, consulting. Number six, real estate. Number seven, investing. Number eight, affiliate marketing. And number nine, taking online surveys or transcription. All yes. right. So I would say like, just kind of in summary, I think a big lesson that we've both learned this year is, I mean, we we kind of already knew this, but diversification of your money that you're making is really, really smart. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, if your main business, like your main, so like we would consider like the heart or like our own businesses is like one of our main businesses. If it is a personal brand with your face attached to it, I would definitely highly consider having additional income sources. I think what I've learned and what we've all learned, I think especially just like this last year is... The with the presence of the internet, when you're putting yourself out there so much, and and people decide that they don't like it, or people <laughs> decide that they don't like you, yeah. and then cancel culture can come raging. It's rare, not rare. Uh, it's ugly claws. Yeah. If your entire money is wrapped up in something that's associated with your face, yeah. Like that's that's it's good because it's it works. Like it's like we highly uh, agree Obviously, with personal branding. Recommend right. it. <laughs> Highly recommend it. However, I think it's also really smart to not have at all of your money that you live coming in from something that your face is attached to because then yeah. if a freak accident happens and all of a sudden people hate your face and no, I didn't mean like if not like a freak accident, like if something <laughs> happens to your face. No, I mean, just no. like something happens where people decide that they hate hate you now as a person. Yeah. Because that I've seen that happen so many times. Mm-hmm. Like... You don't want that to happen to you. So just spread your money out and be smart about it yeah. um, because people suck. Yeah. And sometimes that suckiness will turn its re- gears toward you. Yeah. <laughs> gears that didn't make
1: any sense. <laughs> I think this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. This is for anyone, even if you have a nine-to-five job. Just paying attention to, do I just have one revenue stream? You know, do I have other options? Do I have—have have I invested my money in, you know— a a retirement fund, especially for entrepreneurs, or, you know, a Roth IRA, if I do have a salary, just kind of paying attention to those little things and being as smart and wise and strategic with your money and your resources and your income streams as possible. So hopefully this episode was a creative sparking episode where we gave you some ideas, some things to think about, some things to begin to research and dive into and look into. There's a lot. Lindsay and I do a lot of these things on this list. Um, because we want to continue to be more and more smart and more and more strategic with our money and continue to diversify. So hopefully this sparked some ideas for you. If you loved this episode, screenshot, share it online, tag us, share it with a friend who might need to hear this and is looking into creating and diversifying their streams of income. So we are so excited to be in your corner cheering you on week after week and... We would love to see you in our Facebook group. It's an incredible community of like-minded people and entrepreneurs and just incredible humans. So if you're not already a part of that, the link will be in the show notes. We would love to see you over in the Heart and Hustle Facebook group. Is there anything I'm missing, Lindsay?
0: Nope, that was it. Go out and (laughs) kick some butt today, friends. We are cheering you on.